That's a good point, though, because you particularly will do best by focusing on shorter-term timeframes and technicals. Other people will do better by avoiding risks. Other people do better by looking at the fundamentals. I tell people they should call the company and talk to the investor relations person and ask them, where do you see the company going five years from now? How many employees do you have now? How many did you have two years ago? You know, like stuff like that. Stuff that you wouldn't read maybe necessarily until you ask them. It'll tell you things. And then it's kind of like, um, um, it's kind of like not a game, but it's like, you can sort of get a better idea about how a company is going to do. It's a lot easier to pick companies that will do well than to pick stocks that will do well. I, I thoroughly believe. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. A podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Well, welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast, everybody. Tim Bowe and Steven Johnson and me are excited today to interview Peter Leeds. Uh, Peter and I met how did we meet, Peter? Who introduced us? It was with the Dreaming Room with Michael Gerber kind of thing, I think. That's right. And that's right. And all that. We, we we palled around in Manhattan for a while back in the day. And yeah. that's where we got to know each other. I don't know if you remember this, but you did a testimonial for my infomercial. That's right. Oh, and, my God. And I told you that I don't do interviews hardly ever anymore. But for you, I will do one because I owe you one and I'm definitely going to be doing what I can for you. That is so amazing. So see, I was in the penny stocks land a lot sooner than even I remembered. <laughs> so it was, it was clearly chasing me all these years, Peter. That's what I think. And, and I remember too, when I wanted to put you in my book, that I had people push back on me because of the kind of trading you did. And I was like, no, Peter is such a man of integrity. You can't talk me out of his style of trading. So I was defending defending day trading that far back so thank you I appreciate because it. of you well obviously you know you know day trading gets a negative enough rap but penny stock day trading is like double double hated exactly <laughs> and, then, and then no but and then invested in penny stock trading is triple hated <laughs> well earned in a lot of ways it's like i absolutely agree that you shouldn't go near half of the stuff out there people are promoting the wrong kinds of companies it just has to be a cheap stock so therefore they think it's a great investment it isn't you have to get good companies regardless if they're pay stocks or larger cap stocks right yeah yep yep i just i'm just so shocked that the pushback i got you know i'm i'm happy i received that then because if anything it prepares me now psychologically for the people that i talk to about what i'm learning uh with stocks to trade and how that pushback is going to be a default setting for so many people and i guess i just want to say that to our viewers you know a lot of different viewers that are beginners when they talk to their parents or their girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife they can't comprehend it and i think it's because of that you know kind of perception that's out there and i i just think it's really well, you know. you know in my opinion it's it's the 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 hatred and distrust of Penny stocks is warranted because it, you know, 
it, it draws degenerate gamblers. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's not the chart patterns fault. It's not the setups fault. It's, yeah. it's the people that are, that have $500 that aren't willing to invest any sort of time and they just throw stuff at the wall. So, so, I mean, penny stocks yeah. have a bad rap for a good reason. I hear you. It's okay. The people. It's yeah. it's the terrible people that give yeah. penny stocks but, a bad rap. I mean, can, can I can I just say like this episode, this podcast, it's time to take a stance and turn this shit round. So <laughs> so well, this is the beginning of a war on positive reputation on penny stocks. But, but Peter, like for me, obviously you 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 buy these penny stocks. You find I figure you find some of the the golden nuggets in the dust. I just wondered what, I mean, I'm guessing it must be a lot of fundamentals and less technicals. I mean, what can you explain to the viewers, because there's so many new people starting out who need this advice, can you tell us the five, six, seven criteria outline on what makes a good purchase, how to find the diamond in the rough? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you understand that it's, it's a very different ways to approach it. So are you coming at it like you're doing like a lottery ticket, you want to put it 500 bucks and make 20 grand? Or is it that you're trying to find a good company that's going to be there and then grow from that point? So I always look at 80% of what we do, our analysis, is fundamentals. We look at every fundamental, the management team, what kinds of top line and bottom line numbers are they bringing in, how they're reporting, what's their footprint. And then we have 10% of technicals where we then find a company that we already like and we try and get it at a good price, if that makes sense, and then – I have about 10% what I call third level analysis, which is unique to my company where we're looking at, not that everybody doesn't do this, but it's a big part of our analysis. 10% is looking at the marketing plan and how that's going to work out and sort of what is their, oh, their footprint and what's their value proposition, a bunch of stuff that has more to do with the fact that I love business than the actual yeah. investing. If you invest in a company, you're investing in a business and the business does well, the shares usually follow suit. So I'm looking at companies that are just getting started. They got six employees and a good idea and they have enough financial stability to actually make it through the turbulence until they get to cruising altitude. If that's one way to look at it. And I mean, a lot of our best trades were longer term fundamental analysis selections that you held for years before they did what they had to do. So it's very different in terms of the time window from what a lot of what you guys and a lot of your viewers would do. But what your viewers have in common with sort of this philosophy is that most people getting into more speculative investing are taking a small amount of money and they don't have as much information experience as they maybe should. And so that's when they get into it. So what I'm doing is not trying to tell you what stock to buy to make a ton of money. I'm trying to tell you, Watch out for that landmine. Watch out for that risk. And while you're doing that, try and do it underneath the embrace of a really powerful up-and-coming business. But what you what you said that's different to what anyone else has said is everyone who everyone who trades or everyone who looks to invest to look at fundamentals. But did I hear you say that you even look at the marketing strategy to see how you think the marketing strategy will perform to, ex- to propel them in the future? Absolutely. I mean that that that's a whole different game. That's a whole that's a whole nother level. To yeah, I'll people. admit, I you know I, I I'm a you know I look at I look at fundamentals, <laughs> but I don't go that deep. I, I have to admit, basically, I look at you know basically I just look at the the balance sheet, and that's about the furthest extent I go. So yeah, I mean, and you guys don't need to to invest. That's what I was trying to say. It's like in the way that you guys approach it, you don't need to, and I wouldn't suggest that you waste your time doing it. You just do with what works. You guys maybe you'll look at two or three patterns that are your most 
effective patterns. You're going to look for that all the time and just act on the pattern, the pattern itself. That's nothing to do with what the management team did before they had that job. Was he blowing up a company before he got to this point or whatever, you know? So I try and look at everything. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I really, really like business and I really like, you know, how businesses become bigger and they grow and stuff. And then that's just sort of like, it has to be a fun thing for me. It has to be passionate. Like I have to be into it or else it's just work. Right. And I mean, that's sort of my approach, you know, sort of from beginning and going on, it's all about finding good companies that just hope so happen to be trading at low prices. Yeah. But I feel like you've got the hottest job in the world because you're, you're digging among <laughs> the worst companies and then you're looking at advertising strategies that are subjective and no one knows if no, I've worked in advertising for 10 years. Even we don't know if a commercial is going to take off or not. Well, and, you know, and we create them. Yeah, I know. I know. But you know, you can get an idea though. Sometimes I'll see a company go, Oh, they don't have a chance. They're going to be gone, you know, within a year for sure. And then other times I'll see a good marketing strategy on a good company and I'll say, that could work. That could work. You know, so it's, yeah. you get it. Like you, you understand the difference between what's going to be more effective and what's going to be less effective. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And, and it's a bit intuition. It's a little bit good instinct and it's a bit just examples of the past. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta learn it over time and no one's perfect at it at first and you get better over time, but same with anything. Right. For sure. For yeah, sure. So 14, you are 14 years old. <clears throat> I didn't read your formal bio because we jumped right in, but you basically lost all your money in the first two weeks of trading penny stocks when you were 14 years old. So take us back to that, to that moment. Okay. I had saved up money and I didn't, wasn't given the money. I saved it up by doing a lot of stupid jobs that I hated, like pulling weeds and moving rocks and stuff like stupid stuff. And you're a kid, right? And then I'm like, there's going to be a better way to make my money make money so I don't have to keep pulling weeds and moving rocks, right? <laughs> and so I said, well, penny stocks, right? Like, that's the way a lot of people think. And I made so many mistakes. I put all my money into one company. And as a kid, it was 3600 bucks. I think it was 30,000 shares of Siberian Pacific Resources. They got halted within two weeks. And I had no idea what halted meant. I was a kid. <laughs> And I lost all my money, like, within so fast. And I said, okay, I can either tuck my tail between my legs and just disappear into the shadows, which maybe I should have done. I don't know. And I, I said, you can take – if you can lose that much money so quickly, can you make that much money so quickly? And Interesting. Kind of like we guys see with, with trade, day trading, right? It's like I said, there's got to be a way. So I figured out, okay, here's the things I did wrong. So then, you know, okay, I won't do those wrong again. And then you start improving your approach. And like I said, just over time, you get better and better. So I was in university when I started putting my philosophies out there for other people to read, as opposed to just doing it in my own head. Now, what, uh, you know, at 14 years old, what, what year is this, if you don't mind me asking? I'm, uh, you stumped me. I'm 46 right now. So. Okay. Whatever that is. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so 80s. Now, 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 you know, so, so my bio is I had a lifelong interest in, you know, I used to wait, I would wait in elementary school for dad to bring the newspaper home really? and I would look, I would look at tickers and stuff. I don't even know why, but you know, I was in a small town in Michigan. I mean, how, how did you even, how did you even know what to do to buy a stock. Like when I was 14, I was interested in the market, but I'm in a, a 1,000 person town in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. Even if I wanted to buy a stock, 
I, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, my dad didn't know. My neighbors yeah. didn't know. I wouldn't even know where to go. Yeah. Good question. Well, yeah, it was so early. I mean, you're right. I was looking through the newspaper. When I get the newspaper, I can check and see how stock did yesterday. Yeah. And you want to dial up to make a trade. You have to, I had to go through my mom's trading account because I was a kid still. So, so your, so your parents had trading experience. Then. Yeah. Well, not okay. experience, but just standard, like what somebody's mom might have some money saved up, but she doesn't okay. understand it. Got into Elliott Wave at one point, but didn't really get it. But so if I want to trade a stock, it would be dial up on a modem. Like I'm talking back in the eighties, man. The oh, music yeah. was good, but the technology was for shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just. I have a couple of questions I'm curious about. Uh, what what sector? I mean, it's a two-part question. First question is, what sector did you naturally fall in that you were interested in amongst the penny stocks? And the second question is, uh, what do you think of the unprecedented, crazy situation with the volume and the charts <laughs> right now? <laughs> because it is this month is like no other month. But uh, yeah, if you could go back to the first one, what's, what's, is it biotechs? Is it tech? Well, is it fashion? Is it aviation? I had a penchant for technology. Like I like websites that work in the gig economy or on the internet. And then now more lately, I'm getting totally concerned about this entire market environment. So my exposure now, my portfolio personally is about 80% to do with gold mining, gold mining shares, physical metals, trusts, every, and I have a ton of options on say like Barrick gold and first silver mindset. So yeah, I trade options. I tell my viewers never trade options. But I trade out, <laughs> but also I, uh, I I moved from sort of like I'm looking for companies that are in the technology business, and then I kind of got out of that. I'm trying to stay away from airlines, biotech kind of stuff like that because there's so many things that can go wrong that all yeah. of a sudden, not that that's any different than a typical options trade sometimes, but some of these can just wipe out your investment so quickly that you don't even have time to adjust to it or react to it in the right way. And so it's a dangerous game. You got to have the risk tolerance, but I just I focus right now on heavy on heavy metals. I focus right now on, <laughs> on physical metals and the miners. Speaking of the eighties, man, I'm a, I'm a huge metal fan. <laughs> right now, we got to talk later. And you're in Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm going to Michigan every time I get a chance to close a border right now. But my girl lives there, right? So. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yep. Right near the Detroit but, Zoo. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep, yep. So I'm 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 way I'm kind of more up by like Traverse City. Grand Rapids kind of area, yeah, so okay. but but I would love to meet up. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, man. I prefer to do stuff like this live, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What's what's your thoughts on the market right now? Have you seen anything like this? Because I've got four years, I've seen nothing like it. Tim's got about a hundred, but he's yeah, well, fifteen. I haven't been around as long as Peter, but I mean, I've seen in fifteen years, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, like, what is going on? Internet and look at stocks in the newspaper, black and white. Right, like it's just I I I said my YouTube video yesterday. I have never seen, and I don't think that anybody watching the video has ever seen a market that is this so close to being a crowded trade. Everyone's thinking about how is the recovery and it's going to be a recovery, going to be a recovery. Should buy airlines? It's time to move. And they're all saying the same thing. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying that there's too many people in one place, which means that there's a lot less opportunities for profit. Your profits, when it comes to day trading, especially, it's like so, if it's like a penny, it might make a big difference, you know? So it's just, I just don't want to have anything to do with the mob. I don't want to be a part of the crowd. And a lot of what's driving the market is completely temporary because it's artificial. And yeah. not everyone agrees with me, 
but you don't have to agree with me. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. And, and I was telling Kim when she was talking to me before that I'm doing this interview for Kim, but I don't need to, I know it sounds arrogant. I don't need to do videos anymore. I used to do dozens in a day. I had a public, a PR company. I just tried to really promote myself out there, but then I have a different approach now where I don't need to push so hard, but also I've been given a lot of perspective in life where it's, you know, sometimes it's great to make some profits, but sometimes it's better just to, or it's good as well to just sort of take a step back and go, why am I doing this? And what am I really looking to get to in a longer term? And so, you know, it's great to make a thousand bucks because you can take a thousand bucks and put it on something you want to buy. But also it's a sign of, it's like keeping score. It's not about the money. You guys don't care about money. If you did, you wouldn't be a trader like this. You care about doing better than you did before. You care about doing it, getting it right. You care about making profit and proving out that your approach is working really well. That's different than trying to, people who don't know better are going to think that anyone in the stock market is all about money and stuff like that. Not at all. I'm more about trying to get to where I think it would be a good place and it might be better or worse to get there, but I'm not going to compromise my own honesty and morals and everything to try and get there. I'm going to get there on my own time and I don't need to rapidly grow my YouTube presence or sell more books or sell more newsletters. I'm just, I'm having fun and I'm not taking it too seriously. And I'm just going day by day and hoping that I help some people. I just want to jump in on that. It's about having fun, right? Because I mean, I'll probably don't trade the volume that you trade, but I'll get wrapped up in the money and I'll be so obsessed with having these big months. And then you'll go on a hot streak, hot streak, hot streak, like May, May and June. Was it May and June or April and May are really hot. And then all of a sudden, like June, you, you're up and down a bit and you're fighting it. And then the best thing I could have ever done is withdraw the profits and trade for the love of the game again. Trade for the love of the game and trade for the love of the pattern. Don't be greedy to make money. Just just do your best in, in the game. And, and since I've done that, I felt lighter, I felt happier, I felt better. Really? And it's about getting your intentions right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you need, you need to be winning because you don't want to be living on the street. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you don't need to be winning too much. You, you do it for the love of the game, not for the cash. Yeah, but you've also you've done it Stephen to take you know you have other revenue coming in to keep you off the streets right so you've leaned in you no, let, I'm, I'm by no means homeless I'm, yeah. I'm not close to yeah, homeless so, that, so your ability to like take that pressure off your expectations of trading how, how can that not serve you if you're sitting in a place of non-attachment no but um, but but Peter I'm sure Peter will um, I hope he I don't know if he'll agree or not but but for me I was never in it for the money. I loved, I, it might sound bad, but I loved gambling. I was playing poker when I was young and now I'm day trading. Like, I love gambling, but it's not the money. I've, I've had this t-shirt for about five years and I haven't bought another one. Do you know what I mean? It's, and that's, I don't, Peter, what's your thought? I, 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 do, the, do the people that you teach, do some of them, if they're just in it for the money, do you turn them away and say, look, you're in it for the wrong reason? Or I do. If I think someone's getting into it for the wrong reason or with the wrong mindset, then I tell them that it's not the right place for them. And a lot of what I get is people who are 14. Look at me. I'm starting out at the same age you did. I go, you should not be here, kid. You should not be here. <laughs> trade, paper trade, don't risk any money, not a single dollar. I'm telling you, I took the hard road so you won't have to, right? And it's so important when you said it. it's about if you do it with passion and when you don't feel like doing the work, you'll get up and do it. But if you're not passionate about it, you're not having fun with it, you're going to be like, oh, I don't feel like doing this today. And you just, you're not going to do it. It's not even just with investing. It's with any job you have at all. Well, and I think, you know, that, that's something, again, I think you got to have that passion because, man, 
you're going to, you know, especially in trading, I mean, you're going to have some down times. I mean, you're going to have losing, you know, brutal losing streaks where, where maybe even it's not a, a big number, but it's just like hundred bucks, hundred bucks, hundred bucks, hundred yeah. bucks. And it's just lose, 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 you know. You know yourself. You're like, you start feeling bad about yourself. Like maybe I'm just an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, it could just be the coincidence, you know, or maybe you are an idiot and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no, but, but it's the, but I'm, I'm not kidding. I lost for three years before I got it. Like I lost for three years and I just sit back and wonder how the hell did I go through that losing with having the blind faith that I'd get it eventually? Yeah. But I mean, but, and for you, like, like I know, like with well, what some of what Tim Bowen teaches and, and Tim Sykes and some of the other guys, it's quite sexy. Buy the double bottom, short the double top. But you're teaching raw, boring as hell fundamentals. So exactly. how, exactly. how the hell do you motivate people to do that? <laughs> Good <laughs> so question. In a couple of decades. Or to finally get it. But I got a testimonial this very morning. You went to... Tammy works for me a couple of days ago and she just forwarded it to me this morning. And the guy's saying about he's been a subscriber for four years and about how he's made this money and he's put his kids through school. And it's not, this isn't a sales pitch. I'm not trying to sell anything on this video, I promise. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that this guy, that's what really motivates me or encourages me because, you know, you always sit there, you never really know. You're sitting there going, well, are they doing okay? Are they making money or not? You know, and then once in a while, they'll lose money. You're going to hear about it. But once in a while, they make a bunch of money. And this guy, the fact that he's been a subscriber for four years should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. You know, so it's I'm trying to build more of a community here rather than a massive following. I don't want a following. I want people who are benefiting and they understand me. That's all I'm looking for, you know? Yeah. But is your audience quite more niche? Because it's hard to find. I mean, look, I'm reading books. I'm reading uh, Pipes. Is it Pipes? I don't know if you know Pipes. Public Investments in Private. Public investments and private institutions. There's a book, anyway, and it's the most driest, horriblest book ever, and I'm struggling through it. But, so, <laughs> is your is your audience niche? And you because you're looking for those people with a passion for like, understanding business and fundamentals. My ideal audience is me when I just got started out, but old enough to legally trade stuff. <laughs> so, if you think like you know, most new investors think the same things when they start. They think okay, I'll buy something that goes up in value quickly and I'm better than everybody else. I know what I'm doing. They'll put money in there and then they lose. And I'm just trying to help people avoid some of these pitfalls. When Bitcoin's at 20,000, I'm saying, no, it's at a top. And they're saying, should I buy Bitcoin? Even some of my friends, should I buy Bitcoin? And I'm like, well, you shouldn't, but I don't know if anyone should, but like, you don't understand. You don't have a computer. You're a firefighter, right? So I, you know, I just... So many people get into the crowd trade. Everyone's buying Bitcoin, for example. I'm not, I'm not against Bitcoin. I'm just saying at the point, it was... Well, Bitcoin media. in December 2017. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Every media story was about it. And so then people are all asking me, well, which one should I buy? What should I do? And I just am like, crowd trade, I have an inside scoop because since so many, so many people call Tammy or they email me or whatever, then they are, um, you know, they're more like part of the mob all at once and I see it clearly and I say, it's too much. It's too much. There's plenty of other ways to make money that are way less risky than that right now. That's all. Yeah. I want to just a quick aside. I, I remember, I just, I'll always remember December, 2017 with that, you know, Bitcoin hitting 20,000 because I, I was in New York city for a, a, a traders expo, one of the money shows. And I mean, I get, I go to the airport in grand rapids 
everyone's talking Bitcoin. I get on the plane, everyone's talking Bitcoin. I change flights in Charlotte, everyone's talking Bitcoin. I land, everyone's talking Bitcoin. The Uber driver's asking me about Bitcoin. I go to the hotel, people are talking about Bitcoin. I get in the elevator. What? Hey, Ripple. I mean, it was just, I mean, I mean, because this was the apex. That was, I think it was the day Bitcoin hit 20,000. And I'm like, oh my God, I mean... This has to be some sort of sign of a top because I, I mean, you're, I'm walking on the street and people are talking about cryptos. I'm like, oh, I mean, everybody. That is crazy. It's a perfect way to see the indicators around you. I mean, you don't have to get into the financial statements. Go to a restaurant. If there's a lineup out the door, maybe they'll do better. If you go to a restaurant, it's completely empty. That's it. You know, like you can invest well, even as someone who doesn't really pay attention to the details. It's all about your perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got a, there's a there's a there's a well-known saying it's or a maxim in advertising and we always say when when you're tired of saying a marketing message the public are finally hearing it for the first time interesting um <laughs> but there's also probably a maxim in trading which says when everybody's talking about it it's probably time to sell yeah yeah exactly. or, oh it's probably time to go short yeah um because it makes us think, and it and it's so. Oh, by the by, the room I sell the news. It's it's the same. It's, it's the same methodology of the old of the old saying. Yeah, and I mostly, you know, I see sort of a lot of the ambition and excitement that was within myself. They say that things you don't you get annoyed by by other people are the things that you see in yourself. And so some punk kid comes along and goes, "Which altcoin should I buy?" I take it almost like offended because it's like I see myself in that. You know, that kid is the same I was, and. I know that he's making a mistake because of the way he's approaching it. I'm not saying you couldn't make a ton of money and live an amazing life by trading the volatility in altcoins. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that at this moment in his life, in his formative years, he needs to take a step back and take this more seriously because I learned the hard way how if you don't take it seriously, you get wiped out so fast. I mean, I, I, I'm, do you wanna, I don't want to ask too many questions. No, I'm go just... ahead. It's all good. But um, I, I'm just curious on this one. I know that sometimes in trading it's said that too much intelligence is almost a bad thing. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost good to be average. I mean, I'm definitely average intelligence, and somehow I think it's served as well on not overanalyzing things. But for your strategy, you've got to get through some technical books. You've got to understand a lot of fundamentals. You've got to understand a broad spectrum of things. So would you say for your strategy, you almost do need to be on the higher level of intelligence? Because... You know what I mean? It's not easy to read these books without good education. I know what you mean. I have books I read that I fall asleep every two pages and I take you know, a year and a half to read them. I actually I joke around with my ex-wife that we used to watch three movies in a day, then we had kids, and now we watch one movie in three days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's like I think that the intelligence has been a negative, but don't expect that if you're intelligent, you'll do better. I think that's another way of saying exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, I just, yeah. just because I know, I don't know, it's a, it's a tough one because some people can say anyone can trade, but I don't think anyone can trade. I, th- I think you need to be average intelligence or above. I think if you're below, <laughs> it's de- unless you've got a natural grasp for it, some people have just got a grasp for it. But I was just curious because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm reading some of the fundamental books now and I'm like, what the hell am I reading? I don't <laughs> understand any of it. That's a good point, though, because you particularly will do best by focusing on shorter-term timeframes and technicals. Other people will do better by 
avoiding the risks. Other people do better by looking at the fundamentals. I tell people they should call the company and talk to the investor relations person and ask them, where do you see the company going five years from now? How many employees do you have now? How many did you have two years ago? You know, like stuff like that. It's stuff that you wouldn't read maybe necessarily until you ask them. It'll tell you things. And then it's kind of like, um, um, it's kind of like not a game, but it's like, you can sort of get a better idea about how a company is going to do. It's a lot easier to pick companies that will do well than to pick stocks that will do well. I, I thoroughly believe that. It's so easy to pick a company that's going to be there making more and more money every year going forward. Just when you go into the establishment, you can tell everything you need to know about a person by the way the company gets run. And if there's a good person at the helm, they say that the fish falls from the head down. If there's a good person at the helm, then you're going to probably be moving towards a good place for the stock, the shares, and the investors. I mean, how long do you know how long are you typically trading these, holding these investments? Because uh, I mean, I like, you need a bit of time for them to pick up, to get volume, to construction, for the strategy to work, for the news releases to go out. I'm just curious before the takeoff, before the volume hits, what are you looking at, and, and how long are you holding these things? And I know it's all independent in different cases. Yeah, everyone's but- different. But it's like usually the best investments we've had took place over the span of more than a year, a couple of years sometimes. And it'll go from 40 cents to, you know, $32 split adjusted. But first it scares the hell out of you for years. And it's so hard because you have to have a high risk tolerance for this. That's what I also worry about people. I can tell they don't have a high risk tolerance. They're just greedy or anxious or excited. I'm saying that the high risk tolerance, you find a good company and forget about it. And you can't, I can't say forget about it because then I can get sued because you told me not to watch myself. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that you buy a company like right now, I've got Barrick Gold. I'm not worried if it goes down 50% tomorrow. I just sit there and buy more of it, hold it. Like, where's it going, right? So that's more of my philosophy. Some of these companies take years because they operate on the speed of business, not on the speed of the impatience of the investor. So you buy it when it's going to have quarters and quarters of improving revenues, improving earnings, you know, lower yeah. cash outlays, et cetera. It takes a long time. Peter, how do you know, because as a beginner, whether you do have the stomach for a high risk, uh, you know, be a high risk tolerant person, how do you test that before you? I would say that you can't know it. I would say, find out. I would say, do what you got to do to learn without losing money until you know, and maybe it's not for you. And if it's not for you, no hard feelings, take it easy. And if it is for you, then do it right. That's sort of my approach. Do do you feel someone can have, not have a high risk tolerance and still be able to do this work? I had to learn it myself, you know, like I always had a high risk tolerance, but you learn it, you adapt, you change. If you start investing like seriously today, every day and you take it really seriously, you're going to be a different person a week from now. Hmm. And so make sure to be sure that that person is learning the right things and getting better in the right ways and is learning risk tolerance if you need it. And if it's too risky, you change your the kind of industry groups that you're looking at or the kind of stocks you're going to buy. If you don't like this speculative penny stocks trading at 40 cents, buy Amazon, buy Zoom, whatever, but just know why you're buying it and why you think it's going to increase in price. That's literally it. People make this so complicated. It's so simple. I'm not saying it's easy to make profits. I'm saying it's simple to understand it and know if you're going to be thriving in this game. 
that's that's an absolutely beautiful thing what you've just said and what you've touched upon and it's that trading defines character and it and it, it helps a personality and persona grow and change and and success does that as well if you've watched like but what I've noticed about myself, just I'll not labor on it, but when I, five years ago, I was some reckless risk, risk taking crazy kid who just did everything stupidly and did everything wrong. And I'd go get drunk <laughs> while I was trading. Now I'm up 8.30 a.m. running to the beach every morning and changing, <laughs> trading changes you as a person. It changes your personality. The market humbles you. It teaches you discipline and it, and it makes you a person more geared to a successful way of living. Exactly. Well said. And people people don't appreciate that it it's not about just making money. It's about you becoming a more structured, better person. Exactly. Stephen, I just I just want to make a million dollars today. <laughs> I, I just want to make a million dollars ever. <laughs> but, but 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 no, I th- I think well put, Stephen. I mean I mean you nail it. I mean it's like you know, and that's something we talk about all the time. I mean it's like I mean if you're I mean my joke is if you're like if that's your goal. I mean, just making money, it's like, you, that, that's why everybody flames out because you you didn't make money for three years, you know, but you were extremely passionate about it. And then, and then you see that reflected in your life. Now things start clicking, they start clicking elsewhere. And, and I think that that is, that's why I love trading so much is, you know, just like your fitness. I mean, you're never done, you know, you can't, you can't say, well, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done working out for the rest of my life, you know, and, 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 and trading's the same way. You're never, you're never done. So. You're never done learning, that's for sure. And Tim, I want to just add on your point there that if you make a million dollars, but you do that too easily or without developing the right fundamentals to get to that point, the way that money is going to affect your life will not be good. It'll, yeah, it'll, be, it'll be a negative. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go to the casino and win on your first roulette wheel spin because you can be an alcoholic homeless in the alleyway beside the casino up to your you want to get there the hard way. And I know it sounds crazy, but if you get there with the right fundamental building around you as you get there, then, yeah, you're going to have a much better result once you do make that million bucks, so you'll be able to replicate it and keep doing it. Yeah, I'll never forget the story of when, and I'm not like a basketball person, but was it James LeBron? He won like his whatever championship with the Lakers or whatever team it was. Uh, and it might be James LeBron, it might be someone else. And all this team went celebrating and he went to bed early and he woke up and went to the dentist the next morning. And he went before the dentist opened and he knocked on the door. And he's like, oh, can I have me tooth sorted out? Because he didn't know how, he didn't know how to celebrate because he was so geared towards focus, discipline and winning. Yeah. Wow. That's I don't want to get that story. extreme. I, I still, I still like to drink. <laughs> but, the best ballerinas in the world or the best football players, they are their own worst critic. And a lot of us yeah. is probably true of that too. Like I'm my own worst critic. I don't know about you guys, but if I screw up and I cost somebody a few bucks, I feel horrible about it more than if I lost my own money. And if I make them money, yeah. I don't care. I don't remember my winning trades. I remember my losing trades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so then my memory is a big line of the negatives and I just, that's it. I don't have room for the positives. I just go forward and remember to learn something from every failure. And, and that's the that's the investment in trading there. Like, if you have a bad day at work, you can have a beer and you can shake it off. If you take a bad trade, that, that shit haunts you for days. Yeah. That, can, that can make you feel bad for days. And if you have a winning trade, you just want more. <laughs> it's really bad. It's months. But if you have a good trade and it's twice as much as the losing trades, you just you think, oh, well, I cut it on better here. Cut it on better there. Exactly. Made that mistake, yeah. It's almost yeah, like I, I mean, focus only on the negatives, you know. Like, and I don't complain yeah. about it because it makes me 
driven to learn better next time. I learned from my mistakes. And that's what was so beautiful about when I first got started. I counted. I made like eight different mistakes that I would never make now. And that's why when someone comes along and goes, I want to get into this, I go, you're in the right place. Here's what you need to understand first. And then let's talk about you not risking your money and learning how to do this properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? but I, I de- go on, I'll let you go. I was just okay. going to say it's that so important to be your own self-critic. It's not nice. It's not nice sometimes. It's hard sometimes. But if you've got that inner voice that's always saying you can be better, you can do better. It's good in the long term, but it's not good in the short term. And it's like you can't even, it's not a choice. You can't say, I'll be my own risk critic. You just are, you know, it has a lot to do with your upbringing and stuff. But like, you know, it's not a bad thing. Some of the worst things are actually good things if you look at them from a different angle. So true. So true. What What do you feel are the are the best ways for newbies to handle that kind of inner criticism like I, I i talk sometimes about the inner gremlin and the inner saboteur and how that can go that can become it can become too much so what what do you feel is a good test to just make sure that it's not uh so loud that it keeps you from being able to come back again the next day well i, I suggest to them always learn from every mistake but also don't fear your mistakes. You don't go, I made a mistake, you're a bad person. You go, I made a mistake. So now I'm even better that I can know for my next trade to do even better than I just did because that was not good. And that's it. And you don't, you have to have a short memory in terms of that. And I know I say this, but I don't do it myself, but people should have a short memory that you make a mistake, you're going to make mistakes. And if you do one, you don't just feel bad about yourself for it. What you do is you learn from it. And that's what I tell them. But also it's so important to control your emotions because there's so many negative emotions that people don't realize. And when you lose the money, especially at 14 years old, you lose so much more than the money. You lose the excitement. You lose the pride, the uh, the greed. You lose so much that then you sit there and you just feel bad about it. And it's like, is that what you're trying to go for? Is that what you want? No, I want to trade well so I don't feel bad and so that I can accomplish things I want to accomplish. And that's what then you start having it turn more towards that. you got to know where you're direction or where you're trying to end up you know this you don't make money for money's sake i know that you guys all know this you're all gonna stun it's a full-time job for what you do if you want to do it right you got it's bottomless you could spend 14 days for one trade if you want (laughs) it's like fundamental analysis it never stops and that's why i am drowning here i had to hire so many people lately i'm gonna hire another project manager soon um i just it's the thing is too i've got so much to do but when you hire somebody, that's actually more work at first, not less. Trust me, there, there's a reason I sold my business. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's oh, a lot yeah. of work. Peter, do you? when do you think you knew that this was going to be your full-on career? Did, did it take till college? What, when, when was it like, I can't leave this because this is just so who I am? Well, I always knew that I wanted to be a businessman or an entrepreneur my whole life. Like when I was my third Christmas as a three-year-old or two-year-old, my birthday's in December, so I don't know what it was. But anyways, as a kid, and for Christmas, what I wanted was an office desk. And I know that wow. that's why because I wanted that's to, so you know, funny. Like my dad was always working at his desk or something. I know that, but I wanted an office desk. And I started businesses when I was 14 and 15 and 16. And like a lot of them didn't work out very well. And you learn from it. And some of them didn't start working out. And I was in university 
I started working on what I always knew I was going to do was run a business. And I was going to university for an environmental studies degree so that if the business didn't work out, I could fall back on just working for my old man. But I knew the business would work. That's all I wanted to do. And so I found ways to make it work. And I really, really like running a business, all aspects of it, because you can sort of improve who you are as a person through that. You know, like if you go for a 20 mile job, besides the health, you also have the experience of it. You just ran 20 miles. Right. And so it makes you stronger. Have you read David Goggins on a, have you read the David Goggins book? Can't hurt me. No. Uh, it's a, it's a good one. Tim Bones read it, right? Oh yeah. Twice. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you get the audio book, it's also got a podcast part. That's like sponsorship, uh, steady trade. It's not, it's not, we're not paid or anything like that. I wish we were, but, um, now it's, it's a really good book about how you can take the body and mind further than you ever thought that you could and how you can get past those mental barriers. And when you, when you're running those 20 miles or 22 miles or 24 miles, you, you get through some barriers where your body's like, I can't handle this. Yeah. You can. You got to push yourself. You know, I, I, my new book I'm working on now, I have a whole section called take the hard road, take the hard road. So it's like, I purposely in my life did things the harder way a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, Serves me well once I get over it. Cause that, you know, I can like edit videos, put out YouTube yep. videos like crazy. And I understand aperture sort of, I don't really, but aperture of cameras and the sound quality and stuff. And I understand what the viewers are looking for. And it's like, that's just part of it all. Like you're just trying to learn the best way to get your message to the people who want your message and who will understand, understand it, benefit from it. And that's kind of the way my, career sort of started to lean towards now this new book i'm writing is all about different ways to live your life you know it's like nine pillars of different ways that'll make your life better like getting out of the weeds not paying attention to all these stupid little details that carla at work is telling you about at the office cooler her daughter's dance clog competition you're sitting there like you want to blow your brains out you know so i'm like i just uh i think that this book i i wrote the book it wasn't working i threw it out i wrote another version it didn't work. I threw it out. And this book kind of came out of the page. It sort of just happened. Because I think the overall, the economy, the people's attitudes now are so negative that this is the perfect time for this book, which I did not intend to write. And I had to put my other books aside to do it. But it is the perfect time for it to be coming out. Beautiful. Beautiful. When, when did you start? When did you make the decision that this, you had to write this or it decided for you? Oh, well, I've, you know, when I was a kid, I said, I want to get a published book and an infomercial. And I did that. And I'm like, so I'll just keep doing more books. <laughs> and so I had written, like I said, I wrote the book and it didn't work. I tried to get it to work. I had to throw it out basically and redo it again. This was months ago, right? Yeah. And then it, this new book came out of that and just, it's the perfect book. And I'm just, because I've thought about it so much, I'm just flying through it. It's almost done. Wow. And, and I'll be able to contact my publisher within the next week or so and go, okay, here you go. The entire book is done. Usually they want to, you know, here we'll give you royalties when you're done half and two thirds and all this. It's like, no, oh, here's the entire book. That's awesome. Either take it or don't. They have rights of first refusal. There's no reason they won't take it. If they yep. don't, I have no problem publishing it myself. But awesome. I'd rather they do it, even though yeah. I'll make fewer royalties, I'll sell more copies. For sure, for sure. And you have two two books out already, right? Well, Two, three and a half. Two, three and a half. Okay. Penny stock for dummies, right? In the second edition, I count those two separate books because they are. Yeah, they are. And then I have uh, understanding penny stocks and I have invest in penny stocks. 
Like, oh, I'll, I'll be right back. I think I might have penny stacks for dummies. Keep going. No way. Oh, my God. That would be so yeah, cool. Just, just while he's gone, I, I just want to acknowledge the creative process and frustration. I've not wrote a book, but I've spent days and days and weeks on the creative process of how to, how to brand and tell the company's story in the right way. And we bang our heads against the wall for days and weeks of frustration. And then one day you wake up and you think, shit, it's like this. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, <laughs> the less you really think about it, the less you try to force it. It's like going to bed, you're going to force it. Nah. You get angry and you want to force yourself to fall asleep. Just like that. You're like, you just, the book happens when it happens. No way. Right. Well, no, nope. It's 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 stock investing for dummies. Uh, okay. I, I kept this because I bought it. I don't even know back when I was a newbie, but uh, but shoot, I was hoping I had your book. That Keep would have been hilarious. That one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the best advice I can give anyone who's trying to do something creative is if you go through it for two hours and you've got just just stop, just stop and start the next day, or, or do walking meetings, walking meetings, running meetings. Be on the go when you when you're trying to think creatively because when you sit face to face, if it's not coming, you you're done. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so of those two dummy books, that do you think the second edition is the preferred edition? Oh yeah, it's way better. Okay. It's, it's international bestseller. Like it's so like crazy because it's a dummies book and it's a topic that people want to get into. A lot of people buy a dummies book and never read it, or they give it to somebody for a present. And they yeah. don't read it. Yeah. So. On my best day, I'm selling like almost a hundred a day worldwide. Nice. Holy mackerel. Yeah, I didn't, you know, but the, the thing that I take the most pride in is that Wiley, John Wiley and Sons, they came to me. I didn't go to them. Wow. They came to me and said, can you write a book? And I just so happened to have one that was completely done. I go, here, have this one, you know, like, and so it's like, it was synergy or something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. like a lot of my best successes or accomplishments they came to me. I didn't go to them. And I, you know, I'm not the type of guy who like, I'm not going to call you guys up and go, Hey, interview. I'm going to just, you ask me to be on your thing. I'm here. And it's like, I just, I don't want to be the one who's like trying to get the publisher to publish our book. I know it's got value. If they don't want it, then other people who want it, I'll give it to them. You know, like yeah. that's the way I look at it. And I take pride out of that. I don't know if I should, but I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. You, yeah, I get that it's, you know, there's a lot in this culture today of people feeling like they have to promote themselves or they have to make opportunities. And it just seems to me that your philosophy is allow kind of nature to take its course and to trust that you're, uh, you'll be seen even, even, even me finding you, right? And interviewing you for my book. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I forgot about my Gerber streaming room, actually. I forgot that that's how we met. And so, so I was like, who was it that introduced us? But like, it's Kismet, right? You're trusting yeah. Kismet or the universe to bring what you need when you need it, is what I'm hearing. Well, you're, you're on your path in life and it's taking you exactly where you should be. Like, then just let it happen. You know, don't fight it. Just go with it. That's yeah. sort of a, one way to live a happier sort of approach to things, in my opinion. Yeah. So when you say Michael Gerber, is it the e-myth? Michael Gerber? Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Again, the, I swear the older I get, the more I believe in simulation theory. But so, <laughs> so I, you know, read E-Myth Mastery, you know, 10 years ago. I, I, I purchased the course, which it was expensive, 10 grand, 15 grand, which, which again, I highly recommend um, to entrepreneurs. But the interesting side note with me, with E-Myth, is I went through the training, had a great coach. We did all of this stuff. 
And at this point, my business, this, you know, this is like 2010, 2012. So basically business and mature. I was bored, just was done with it. So I thought I'd, I'd get e-myth to make things more automated and everything and just make it easier and streamlined and all that. And actually, oddly enough, and, and hopefully e-myth doesn't get mad at me. I went through the coaching. They told me everything I need to do. And I was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. I'm out. <laughs> so that, that's what, that's when I retired and become a full-time trader because I saw the value, but I was just like, I don't want to do it, man. I just, my heart is not in this. So I actually thank e-myth for yeah, that. Yeah. Because now if, now if I had the energy and I was still, yeah. if that's where I wanted to be, I think the program would have been awesome. But we, yeah. we went through all this worksheet, all the work, and I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. That's awesome. <laughs> it's to find it. that for you. That's so courageous, Tim, that you I'll did that. I'll tell you, Tim, that I never did the course either. I just, I went and I saw him in Manhattan and Sonoma Valley and Kelowna, BC, and I'd fly around to where he was doing the dreaming room because I wanted to talk business. And he would talk about it, start with a blank piece of paper and a pen. There's your business. You start from there, and then you build it from scratch. And I even talk about it in my new book, that concept because I think it's a good way to really build something from scratch. You don't, you know, try and improve the one you have. You try and make a brand new one and then migrate to that. It's a better way to do it. So I would go and travel around, follow the guy around just to be part of the entrepreneurial process. And I never once ever even opened my mind to doing all the work for the actual program. Even though I know lots of people who did, I didn't want anything to do with it. You just wanted to meet all the like-minded people, Peter. Tim, I just want to be rich and drunk. That's it. Steven's ordering a plane ticket to your house right now. Uh, He's like, this this, this is my boy. This is my boy right here. Teach me everything. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. So I think we'll bring it in. What would you say are the top two or three? I think I'm going to ask you, like, what are the top two or three questions a new trader wants to ask themselves uh, before they really dive into this? Like, what – this isn't for everybody. And and I think part of what you're talking about has really clarified that and things you've learned about yourself, talking about just the journey that you've had. What What would you say these new people who are like, is this for me? Is it not for me? Need to ask themselves before diving in. Well, I'd say, you know, take a step back and take a breath. I know that you're excited because you saw some message board poster article. There's so many people show up with FOMO and I'm like, you don't know if this is what you should be doing right now. In your life path, should you be investing 500 bucks into this speculative company to try and do what? What if you make 3000 bucks? Does that change anything? And maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. And so the first part is that they have to know if they are in a situation where they're an appropriate person to try to get into this world. Because if you're not, then you absolutely do not want to be here. I also tell people a lot of times you can learn stuff without actually trading. Just watch the videos, read the books, and don't do anything. Just wait. When the time's right, you'll know it. You know? And so it's getting over a lot of stuff that I dealt with was like the impatience and not taking the time to really look to, into a company or calling the investor relations firm. If you go to a company, you go to their head office, it's going to give you so many things you can never learn from reading the press releases or the website. You go to the company, what is it? Does it smell like mold in the business? Is the guy walking around like half drunk the whole time? Like, 
you can see things. That's why I like to show up unannounced to a company, and I don't really do this even close to as much as I should because it's such a pain in the ass. I admit that. But if you show up to a company that you want to buy their product, you think they're the next big thing, show up unannounced to the head office or buy the product and try it or call their competitor. Ask your competitor, what would you say about this other product? And see what the competitors are saying about them. Because it'll tell you so many things that, you know, I can't really tell you all the possibilities in a YouTube video here with you guys or a Zoom. What do you call this thing? Yeah, Zoom. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so it's about the person getting sort of, you know, before you jump off of a diving board, you want to take a breath and sort of look and plan your jump. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Any, any other questions, last question, Stephen? Nah, I just think what you're saying is dead straightforward, but no one does it. And all the best advice is what everyone knows and no one does. And that's, I'll close it with that. <laughs> I agree 100%. 100%. <laughs> Tim, any, any last questions? No, no. I, I'll, I'll kind of take us home here. Well, thank you, Peter. This was a, a great episode. Um, really enjoyed this. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's interesting. Just again, you know, I, I joke about the simulation theory, but it's, it's interesting the past, you know, it just, just, and how things can intersect. And, and if you stay, you just stay diligent, you know, again, you blew up an account at 14. You know, I struggled, you know, I struggled for a decade trying, trying to trade real stocks. I mean, until I found penny stocks. I mean, where, where I truly, where, where I got consistent and profitable was 10 years in when I finally gave up on real stocks and went into penny stocks. And then you look at Steven, you know, again, he talked about his, his journey of, of three years of, of banging his head against the wall and things start finally clicked. So, um, he paid so, his dues. So when he makes a million bucks, he'll know what to do with it. He'll appreciate it. You know? Exactly. You yep. give get, it, dr- get drunk with you. I'll get drunk with you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, would like to thank you. Thank you, Peter. Um, we'll make sure. So to, to any, all of you that are watching on YouTube, you know, we'll have links below. If you're listening on iTunes or on your Android, the best thing to do is go to steadytrade.com. All the episodes are there. We'll, we'll link to all of Peter's, um, all of his media, all of his books and everything. So, you know, if you're on the treadmill or if you're driving right now, just go to steadytrade.com. The team will link up to everything. And I would like to thank you, Stephen, Kim, and most of all, Peter. Everyone, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Next time, next time, and tame both of them. Next time on the Steady Trade Podcast. <laughs>